You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, let's do it, guys. All right, we are live here out at the District West, 3233 North Mesa for Minor Talk. Come on out and join us. Uh, UTEP loses yet another game. They are now 3-8 and eight on the season. Middle Tennessee defeats them 34-30 uh, today. You want to talk about it with us, join us here out at the District West, 3233 North Mesa. We have some great drink specials happening right now. In fact, happy hour specials are happening right now, 275 on domestics, 375 on wells, and happy hour specials happening until 6 o'clock. Plus, you can take advantage of 99-cent wings. I'm alongside Alberto Retta here out at the District West. We've got free sunglasses thanks to the Australia at the agency that we're just handing out. They are the presenting sponsors of us here on Minor Talk and we also have free tickets to the El Paso Rhinos hockey team. Uh, th- these tickets will be good for this weekend and next week during the week. All you have to do is just stop by, pick up some tickets for the El Paso Rhinos. We're giving these out for free and uh, just join us out here on Minor Talk. We're out at the patio here at the District Pub and Kitchen West. We've got Salmontes, Zay Galindo back at our River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studios. Guys, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant and give you my thoughts on this one. I'm going to switch it over to you, Zay. Then we'll go to Sal, and then I'm going to get Alberto's thoughts on this as well as we continue here to start things off on the show. Guys, in this one, it felt like, uh, again, and, and we could talk about a lot of the different minor talks we've done over the years. This one felt more of the same again. It was another instance where the Miners had multiple opportunities to win this game. And this story, uh, you wanted the story from this one? The story was the turnovers. Four turnovers for the Miners. Uh, you look across this game. I mean, it was just, it was a sloppy game on both sides in this one. Four turnovers by the Miners. Two for the Blue Raiders in this one. And it, when you look at points caused and, tur- and you know, that were capitalized on uh, the turnovers. Uh, the Miners, they actually gave up 13 points to Middle Tennessee off their four turnovers, and Middle Tennessee capitalized off a field goal, off a minor turnover as well. Uh, you know, they, they uh, this is just an interesting game just back and forth Cade McConnell played one of his best games that he's ever played in a UTEP uniform 24 for 41 364 through the air and two touchdowns but he had a costly interception that set the Miners back when they really were putting together a nice drive Uh, you could take a look at the special teams fumble you could take a look at the fumbles on the ground in the running game Uh, those really hurt the Miners and set them back in this one and uh, frustrate fans continue knowing that this team uh, just could not escape their turnover ways to win this one. Man, i got to give a lot of credit to the defense because uh, time in and time out, the defense gives you what you want, and it's a defense that's pretty much makeshift. I I was texting with my dad, and he was saying, you know, that the defense was frustrating, and it was until the late part of the second half. They forced uh, back-to-back three and outs late in the game, including uh, also right before that a punt that was really uh, helpful for that offense, but as we know, the offense was not able to do anything uh, to close out this game. I'll give you uh, the fourth quarter drives for the UTEP. Uh, UTEP had that big play, the 75-yard touchdown, uh, thanks to Kelly Akari on that wide receiver screen play. After that drive, they turned the ball over on downs at the Middle Tennessee 43-yard line. Then they had an interception. Then they turned the ball over on downs again. This time it was inside Middle Tennessee territory all the way down to the 35-yard line on their final drive. Point is, the offense had opportunities. The offense drove uh, the ball in multiple areas. And, guys, this is one of those where we're talking uh, hindsight and we're reflecting back on this one, but I feel like the minors should have won. And how many different times can we say that? Miners just not able to capitalize on the opportunities ahead of them. Uh, A game where you're scratching your head wondering they could have won. Why didn't they win this one? Uh, Miners had an opportunity to win three road games under Cade McConnell in his fifth start at quarterback. And and nonetheless, uh, they are now 3-8 on the season. Another loss on the year. Eight is the total for this group. Uh, Sal, we'll start with you. It felt like more of the same 
same for this one. Just uh, run it back for the Jacksonville State Minor Talk podcast. Run it back for maybe uh, you know yeah. the lo- Louisiana Tech loss when it was all said and done. But it felt like more of the same after this loss here. Yeah, just uh, just the lack of execution, a lot of uh, not taking advantage of opportunities and giving the opponent a lot of opportunities as well. They, they gave themselves chances at times the same way that they gave uh, Middle Tennessee chances. I mean, the, the final two um, offensive drives for the Miners, um, you know, respectable and solid defense from the Miners, but Middle Tennessee, uh, you know, just lacked execution. They're basically saying, hey, UTEP, here is your opportunity, and in back-to-back drives, they failed to uh, they failed to score a touchdown, and, and it, you're right, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but what sticks out to me the most is, is two plays, or uh, two drives, I should say. One is, um, is when they get that fumble, and they're in the red zone automatically, and they only come away with three points there. So that right. differential is four points you look at the score it's 34 to 30 the difference between that and I'm no math wizard but it's four points so that that's one of the drives the other drive is when they score a touchdown but they don't get that extra point and and that's really what sticks out to me so yeah they gave themselves chances the exact same way that they gave middle Tennessee chances and you've got to go with the home team in that instance and uh, you know they, they just had bigger plays anytime UTEP would do something middle Tennessee had an answer for it so that those are the biggest things in my opinion both teams were three for three and four for four. I'm talking about the Miners and Blue Raiders, um, uh, respectfully, in the red zone. So both uh, teams were perfect in terms of scoring in the red zone. But how many times did the Miners have opportunities in the red zone to actually score a touchdown? So that was one of those things uh, that I'm looking at as well, Sal. If you force that turnover, if you jump on that fumble and you're not able to come out with a touchdown, that's frustrating in itself. I love the examples right there. Zay, I'll flip it over to you. Final, Middle of Tennessee defeats UTEP 34-30 in this one. UTEP falls on the road. They turned the ball over four different times in this one. They had three fumbles. They had an interception as well. Zay, give me your thoughts on this game when, when it was all said and done. Yeah, this was just a game that I, I feel like I've seen in the past six years. This is just, you know, a vintage UTEP game. You give yourself opportunities, like Sal said, but you also give Middle Tennessee opportunities to uh, really put you away late. So, just they, they, you know, down the stretch, some of those play calls, they weren't bad. They just weren't what you needed, and um, yeah, it was just a disappointing effort. You know, I think I think they they did, of course, four point loss on the road, but just I feel like I've seen this game before, right? I feel like it's a replay of something I've seen in the past six years, like I said. So just disappointing. Zay, who uh, stood out to you? Before we get out to Alberto, as soon as you finish your point here, Zay, I'm going to get Alberto's thoughts on this one as well. Who stood out to you the most after this one? And then, Sal, after Alberto, I want you to just take it from him right after he's talking. Uh, and you give me who stood out to you in this one. Maybe guys who, who you liked from this one, and maybe even guys who, who might have disappointed you from this one. UTEP falling by four points when it was all said and done. We'll start with you, Zay. Yeah, um, easily the guy who really impressed me today. That's got to be Jeremiah Ballard. I think he had a great game. He made some tough, difficult catches, something you'd expect out of him to use his frame, go up the ladder, make those tough catches when, you know, that ball is where it needs to be from Cade McConnell, who had a pretty solid game. So, for me, Jeremiah Ballard had a great game, and, uh, yeah. Great point, uh, Zay. In my opinion, um, what I really liked from the Miners was that they were really just distributing the ball. You know, six guys caught passes today, at least one. Uh, four, five guys ran the ball. So it was the distribution on the offensive side. And at the end of the day, what the Miners did today is what they were hoping to do all season. You know, for, force turnovers, bat balls away, um, get three and outs, you know, get the ball back late in the late in the game to give yourself an opportunity to score. Unfortunately, things don't go the, uh, the way that uh, the Miners wanted, you know. Once again, it's the story of all season, you know, miscues all around, um, bad, 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 bad penalties that just don't give you good looks. And then on top of that, bad play calling, you know, the fourth and three, you throw it, you chuck it down the field 20 yards. It's, 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 it's just not easy, but you know, one guy that I, the, the guy that I most liked, two of the guys that I liked was obviously Kelly Akari. Glad he could grab himself 138 passing yards and two touchdowns. But I also really liked uh, Cade McConnell's performance. I think 
I was listening in, and, and John was constantly saying, oh, he's slow to get up, or he got banged up, or hit late on that one. And so just the fact that he's still in there and giving us a chance, it's great. Uh, what do you think, Sal? Yeah, I, I mean, incredible uh, effort for sure from uh, from the guys. They, they were out there, and, um, you know, down to third, fourth stringers, you know, for, for a large part of the game. It's, it's no excuse, don't get me wrong, but guys rose to the occasion um, in terms of, um, you know, for that challenge, so to speak, the, dropping this one by four. But if I have to pick one guy, I'm going to go with uh, with Oscar Moore. I think back-to-back games with interceptions is, is huge, uh, especially when, We've been asking for the defense to come away with turnovers. He also finishes with uh, eight total tackles, seven of them solo, and uh, also had the uh, the forced fumble to his credit. So um, th- there's guys you can look at and, and really say, hey, they left their stamp on the game. Uh, but if I have to pick one, it's, it's Oscar Moore. Good stuff, Sal. That's a good name that we have not talked about enough here on this show. Oscar Moore definitely getting some love here on Minor Talk as we continue. Hey, by the way, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to weigh in on Minor Talk here today, now is the time to do it. We know that it might be a little shorter and a little bit quieter show uh, than we're used to here on Minor Talk, but it's a reflection of where this program's at right now. Meanwhile, you look at a different program in New Mexico State. They are currently currently beating beating Auburn 17-7 right now here in the second half. Uh, Joe Chacon chiming in on X, formerly known as Twitter. NMSU is doing what the expectations were at UTEP this year. Let's hear what the excuse is next. Hard to say this, but I'm rooting for them to beat Auburn. I hope that Coach Dimmel and Jim Center are watching too. Hashtag minor talk. This is coming in earlier today uh, from uh, actually we got a couple other ones that, that, uh, that we have to get to here early on the show. Uh, this coming in from King Eric. UTEP loses to Middle Tennessee and NMSU has a chance to beat Auburn. The amount of embarrassment that the UTEP Athletic Department uh, president and the Athletic Department have to be uh, and should feel is beyond disappointing. Dimmel has been here six years and has been to one bowl game and has gotten worse ever since. Uh, they went to the New Mexico Bowl. This is coming in from our old pal Michael Cuviello. What's going on Mike? We struggle badly with Without, or with running quarterbacks, which is good news for Liberty with the most talented quarterback in the conference. The defense did well in the second half, though. For a 3-8 team, UTEP will have plenty of all-conference guys. Zay, do you agree with that? Do you think UTEP's going to be uh, thoroughly listed across the college football, or uh, excuse me, Conference USA all-conference list? Do you think a lot of guys will get honored uh, when the season's over for, from this team? Yeah, I, I actually do, which is weird. You know, I think Kelly Carey and Tyree Snyder are pretty much locks at this point. You're probably going to see, you know, an offensive lineman in there, maybe even two. Maybe even Deion Hankins sneaks on to, you know, maybe the third team, an honorable mention. So, yeah, you're going to have a, a few minors on that all-conference list, which is funny considering, you know, how the season has went. So how do we even take that, right? Because uh, yeah. I remember all-conference guys in 2019, 2018. Remember, those were one-loss uh, or one-win seasons for the Miners. Those are very disappointing in itself. Uh, how do we take it this year when the max that they can win is four games? Let's be real. They're probably going to win three when it's all said and done, the amount that they have currently right now, uh, co- considering that they play Liberty, the best team in Conference USA next week. How many uh, – or does this uh, matter to you at all as far as it, the accolades after the season? It, it doesn't really matter uh, for Pride as a as a minor fan. If we're being honest, it, there's there's two ways that this matters. One is to the player, of course. They're the ones who are out there putting in the work, and um, I think it's a chance to try and improve any type of draft stock or or um, you know next level stock, so to speak. But at the end of the day, Adrian, as special as some of these players are, Conference USA is the worst conference in, in college football. So. I, I really don't know what to make of it. There, there's stars on teams. I'm, I'm not disputing that at all. But, um, I mean, if you have a team who, as you just said, the max is going to be three wins, and I, I completely agree there, what do you make of that? Those guys could, you know, could not factor in uh, any more stats, anything like that to extra wins. You, you just take it for, for what it is. I think it's kind of like, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so to speak. So it it means something different to everybody. 
I hear you on that, Sal. Hey, our telephone number now in 5505-6009. We are live here out at the District West. It's a beautiful night. It's like 75 degrees out here, a little breezy, so it's a little cool, but they've got the uh, garage doors open here at the District. People are feasting on the 99-cent wings. They're also taking advantage of the great drink specials that are happening now till 6 o'clock. That's happy hour here out at the District West, and they have all sorts of college football games on uh, the screens right now, including the big New Mexico State-Auburn game. Aggies uh, in a goal situation right now, trying to score and add to their lead, already up 17-7. Let's see if they can make it a 24-7 lead for the Aggies here approaching the fourth quarter, uh, but we'll continue to update you with this one as Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Let's take a timeout right now as uh, our phone lines are available, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to weigh in, 600 ESPN El Paso on X, formerly known as Twitter. More Minor Talk with all of us here on, on Minor Talk as we continue on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, Minor Talk continues. We are live here out at the District West, 3233 North Mesa. Come on out and join us. We are live here for Minor Talk. Middle Tennessee defeats UTEP football 34-30 in their second-to-last conference USA game and regular season game of the season. If you want to talk about it with us, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Quiet day to start off the show on the phone lines. Not surprised whatsoever. Uh, kind of what we anticipated. We are really high for uh, what should get a lot of phone calls next week. The SoCal Challenge continuation for UTEP men's basketball. Uh, their first game on Monday is a 10.30 late night tip-off. Uh, and you can hear it right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. No minor talk after the first one. We're going to save it for uh, the big championship one. You hear that, Sal? Uh, we can at least breathe a little easier knowing that we won't have to go on minor talk at 2 in the morning, although we may have done it either way. I mean, we've uh, done we it, yeah. Have, uh, yeah, and we've done it in the past before, so it wouldn't have been new to us whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, but uh, at least we, we can uh, rest easy knowing that we've got oh we got a little breather on monday at least yeah and and knowing that it's probably going to be one of the the craziest games uh early oh, on man. in the year can you imagine emergency. if it goes to like <laughs> emergency. emergency minor talk triple quadruple <laughs> overtime game um, i'm on my way if yeah you get the i'm on my way text sal then you know something's <laughs> wrong that'd be incredible Let's do it. Hey, uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to continue 600 ESPN El Paso on X, formerly known as Twitter, and uh, 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Alberto Reta is here with us as well. Joe Chacon chiming in on X, formerly known as Twitter. Part one, I know this is a question for another show, but let's be honest. Who, wouldn't, who would be a coach that could come in and change this narrative and build not just one winning season in seven years, but multiple and even consistent winners? It's time to start having this conversation. Hashtag Zay doesn't have a curfew tonight. Hashtag Sal is my pal. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. I, wrote, I read those in uh, the wrong order. Guys, I think we can really have this full discussion next week. I think the next week we can really get into it. Uh, but I'll say this, as far as consistent winners in multiple seasons, and you guys can talk to and give your thoughts on this, I just feel like the Dana Dimmel demise possibly, eventual demise, is a reflection of how difficult this job is. That should not be an excuse. It should be more of a harsh reality that minor fans need to live with. It's a hard job here in El Paso to recruit to this location and to be there. So, um, yeah, that's one of those things right there that I feel like has to be known. This job is difficult. You're out here on an island for recruiting. Uh, exposure isn't great in Conference USA, although uh, it got a little better this year. And as far as resources and facilities, it's not like they're a top Conference USA. They're probably right in the middle uh, of the pack uh, for all of that right there. So, Zay, I'll start with you, Sal, you go right after him. Your thoughts on that right there as far as maybe, you know, is is this a difficult job or do you kind of feel like somebody else, you feel uh, different, that somebody else should be able to come in, re-energize this program, and shove aside all the excuses in order to win? Yeah, um, obviously I do think this is a difficult job, but um, 
you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because New Mexico State is up 24-7 on Auburn. Oh, man. And, and they're going to go to the Conference USA Championship. So, you know, tough job or not. People can win. It, it takes the right guy to re-energize the community. And UTEP, you know, they, they've, they've swung and missed on a whole bunch of coaches. They, they can't swing and miss here because this fan base deserves a winner. And I know it's hard to say that, but, you know, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Okay. Sal, your thoughts? Yeah, you, you got to completely re-energize, um, you know, from the beginning. And, and just look at the, the interactions. Not, I don't, I don't want to just limit it to us, right? But uh, Minor Talk is a post-game show after UTEP games, and normally the, the, the traction is pretty high, the interactions are high, but it's it's dwindled down. And, and you know, Minor Talk... Uh, minor talk aside from that, you look on social media at UTEP's post, whether it be volleyball, basketball, a- anything UTEP related. Any Anytime Jim Center sends out a tweet, there's always negative remarks about the football team. So if if people think, or I don't want to say if people, if people that have the powers that be, so to speak, think that bringing back Dimmel for another year is, is going to excite the fans. That's a, oh man, they're, they're sadly mistaken. Just, I mean, read the room. It's, it's everywhere. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculously uh, laughable at how, um, how negative it is right now in minor nation. And I mean, it's, it's warranted for sure. It is warranted. I mean, how, how could you blame fans? They were sold a product and a high expectations with this team. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're going to dive into more on this as we continue, especially next week, as far as maybe a wish list, guys we want to see here. Now, as, as far as we've seen a full season develop, what could be ch- on the horizon? What changes could be made at UTEP for the football program? And if there are changes, what leader would you like this program to have in the future? We'll give some names. We'll throw out some ideas here in the future. Hey, let's uh, keep it moving on social media. 915-505-6009 is our telephone number. This coming in from King Eric. Jerry Kill has been at NMSU three years. It's two, by the way. I think is already at the conference championship level and going to -to back-to-back bowl games. Shut the football program down and bring in baseball. At least they would do something in that sport coming from King Eric. Brutal, brutal right there from King Eric. Uh, let's go to Rob, who's joining us next on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Rob, thanks for chiming in, and thanks for hanging with us here on Minor Talk, the football edition. Give me your thoughts, your frustrations after this one. Um, it's more more so the same, like, you know, no no lack of urgency uh, on the last drive, wasting a lot of time, uh, just demo letting a lot of time run off the clock, Um yeah, and, and obviously the turnovers, which which um, everybody talked about. But I, I wanted to address the comment that it's UTEP's a hard job. And, um, yeah, it let's is, do it. it. It is a hard job, but it's not an impossible job. There's a difference. I'm, I'm right now, I just watched NMSU go up 24-7 on Auburn. And they're in the same geographic region as us with less resources. And they're somehow finding a way to, to figure it out. I just, I think that, their administration has, has taken it seriously um, and prioritized, you know, what what Mario Mocha is doing and the way he's been able to find coaches and, you know, spanning, you know, across the United States, um, kind of what they've been able to do with, with getting coaches. I mean, even even the basketball coaches they've been able to get have been um, fairly decent. And, uh, you know, Jerry Kill had a lot of a good experience coming out of, uh, out of Minnesota. And, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. And, you know, I look at Demo's resume, and he wasn't successful at Houston, wasn't successful at Wyoming. But, yes, K-State was successful, but that was under Bill Snyder, and it wasn't really Demo's show. So I look at what he's done as a head coach, and I don't see anything on the resume that would that stands out and make, would make me want to hire that guy. So, And it was the same thing with Cougar. Uh, no, no college experience at all. It's kind of been downhill since uh, – since Mike Price, since Mike Price left, and I think I think they need to just do a complete 180 on their process as far as how they pick coaches. And you know, we we we've agreed on this before. We don't we don't want someone that that's here on their retirement tour, you know, to collect the last last couple of dollars before they call it a career. Um, you know, I'm looking for someone that that's looking to get that big Power Five job, somebody that's hungry, uh, somebody that has an innovative offense. You know, I, there's a ton of coordinators out there uh, looking for their shot. And I'm sure seeing what New Mexico State's doing, uh, you know, 
it can be done in this area. It's not impossible. So, uh, you know, that's where I'm at, Matt. That's where I'm at with UTEP. I hope that, you know, they cut they cut their losses this year. But, I mean, you, 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 I don't know how the financial situation works. Yeah, the financial situation would be the uh, something along the lines of the miners owing $559,000 to Dana Dimmel after this year if they wanted to buy him out, knowing that he was not eligible for a bowl game this year and that they took a step back. So that would be the financial aspect of it. But great job, Rob. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. And I think you uh, echo the sentiments of a lot of minor fans as well here on this show. I think a lot of minor fans feel this way to where they uh, want change, but they don't necessarily want the old veteran who's has experience but is looking for uh his final stop they want a young up-and-coming coach and that's who they want to uh be excited about as the next coach here at utep if that ends up happening and the interesting thing though adrian is is people try to draw comparisons uh you know or compare and contrast i should say between the miners and the aggies and I mean, that's kind of what the Aggies did in going after Coach Kill, a guy who was who was seasoned, he had experience, but I mean, not not many places were looking to really go after him. And who knew what the future would hold for Coach Kill? Ultimately, it's worked out. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, so it's it's hard to say. Um, you know, get somebody young. I I do want somebody young. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm for a young, innovative mind, but. I wouldn't completely roll out an experienced coach, um, you know, who may be looking towards that last stop as long as the resume fits. Because, like I just said, Coach Kill's getting it done right now. It's fourth down. Auburn has the ball. Five minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, he's doing an incredible job there. So I'm not completely on board with um, with that last part about uh, the last stop. Okay, I got you on that, Sal. Hey, I appreciate it. Now one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Appreciate Rob there uh, chiming in on the show. Ronnie is next here on the phone lines. Ronnie, good afternoon, man. Thanks for hanging along and talking some UTEP football. Is this the last UTEP football call you'll have this season, or will you join us for Senior Day next next week? Uh, are you gonna Are you going to watch that game, UTEP versus Liberty, or was this it? Are you finally quitting UTEP football for the season, knowing they lost today, thirty four thirty? Oh, uh, this will probably be my last one just because we're gearing up here for basketball and have so much stuff going on there, uh, which is why I wanted to call in. And there you go. Last one. And just bury it. Here. Bury it today. <laughs> you, you know, ultimately what I think should be Dimmel's biggest demise, it's not the didn't go to the portal. It's not the not going to bowl games. It's not all the injuries. You know what it is? It's the fact that it took a, a season into injury for him to actually have to put someone else under center um, and, and just rem- and take a step away from the Gavin Hardison era. Like, can you imagine? Like, right, the, that's a good point. The, can you imagine how good this kid is, uh, this young player? Uh, uh, yeah, McConnell. McConnell. Yeah, Kate McConnell. Can you imagine how good he is and how good he may have been had he gotten to start three or four games before he did and just, you know, UTEP's right there, right? Like, possible contention to maybe steal this game, you know, today. Maybe, you know, like, I mean, the fact that it just took so long and it took a season to get injury, it, just, it, told you, it should tell you one of two things. Either A, he can't evaluate the talent that he has, right? Because if you're telling me that Gavin Hardison is the best option you have to win, we've all seen now, that's absolutely false. Um, right. Or, or you just don't know what he's doing. Either way, it's a lack of incompetency. Uh, as NCAA said, the head coach got to know what's going on, and this guy don't know what's going on. But I will say this, though, Adrian. This job is not a tough job, man. Utah has money, man. They're charting all over. They're giving dudes $700,000 to coach the team. They're still in Texas, which is always going to be a great football state. Um, but I do think that Utah needs to do this. I, 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 they need to go get the seasoned grizzled veteran, and here's why. You can kill two birds with one stone. If you get a seasoned veteran, and I called this two years ago, go get freaking Gary Patterson, goddammit. The guy is a Texas legend. He's hungry to coach. He has just as much connection and knowledge as Kill, if not more. He's been a head coach at the P5 level. You're still keeping a guy in state. That's your answer. And you know what he'll do for you? You know what's two for one? He will groom the next young, innovating coach for you. So when he steps away, he just hands it to the guy to his left or to his right. You know what I'm saying? If you go get a young coach, a coordinator, right? He has to learn to be a head coach. Now, you're going to ask yourself, as an AD, do I want that young offensive coordinator who's maybe somewhere doing great things right now under someone else? Do I want that guy to learn in the driver's seat? 
on my dime, or do I want that guy to learn from a seasoned grizzled vet who will hand it to him in three or four years on, on, on a much lesser dime in the passenger seat? You know what I'm saying? You got to be strategic about this. And that's what getting a seasoned grizzled vet will do. Kill will hand it. Ronnie, like, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you something. Yes. Because because you bring up a good point. I mean, your your uh, association with Kill is perfect, and the Gary Patterson example is really interesting in itself. But I want to ask you a, a real question, okay? Uh, knowing UTEP is not first to the party, they might be late to the party when it comes to making a coaching change when it's all said and done. There's already an opening at Boise State, San Diego State. Do you feel like the pool, the candidate pool for UTEP, will be as good as maybe minor fans hope? Because I, that's where I get concerned as well, knowing that UTEP doesn't break the bank and spend a million dollars on head coaches. Look at Rich Rod. He's making a million over at Jackson, uh, Jacksonville State, and they just made that transition from FCS to FBS, knowing that they have a uphill battle to go themselves. But still, point is, do you feel like UTEP will be uh, up there when it comes to their candidate pool, knowing that how many vacancies will be out there, and knowing they're not, they don't have as much spending power as others? They won't, and that's why I'm saying, and that, that's why to me, Gary Patterson makes the most sense. The man is already rich. He ain't coaching football because he needs to pay his bills. The man got M's in the bank. So, I know GP. He got lots of money. He's invested in oil. He's doing quite well. You know, that's why Next coach, you need to say to him, right? You need to say, hey, what is your vision for the team? And I want to hear what is your succession plan. If the next coach can't tell you what the succession plan is, then he's not your guy. And if you go too young and too innovative, he's not going to have a succession plan because obviously he's coming here young and hungry to get out, but he's not thinking about leaving the program in a better place and handing it to somebody because he's going to take those guys with him. That's why I'm telling you, GT makes the most sense for you. He can do this job at 700000 It keeps him in the state. Right, he can coach his grandkids and his family. He'll bring a succession plan for you. And like I said, he has the connections and the knowledge, man, to win games. That's the biggest thing here is when you take a coordinator who's been doing it under someone else, a coordinator isn't the final call or the final decision maker. So they just haven't had that seasoned experience of knowing what and when to do certain things. But when you take a guy who's been a head coach for a long time, they are the final call. They know what proper pivots and adjustments to make throughout the season, how to – adversity hits everybody, right, with injury or, or lack of production. They know how to rewrite the ship. But sometimes a coordinator learning in the driver's seat for the first time just takes time to do that. I'm not saying that there, there aren't some great coordinators out there who can't be good at it, but I'm saying if you're UTEP, you need to ask yourself, do I want a guy to learn in the driver's seat for the first time or on a high dime, or do I want to let uh, – Master Miyagi teach, you know what I mean, the karate kid on a lesser dime in a passenger seat. Like, be strategic about what you're doing. It worked for UTEP basketball, right? They took an older, which I said is what they needed, older seasoned veteran coach who was looking to have Texas roots and stay in Texas and not kind of jump ship like they had been doing previously and look at how it's going for like, I, I'd be right on this stuff, guys. You got to listen to me, man. You got to listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Hey, hey, hey. You usually <laughs> call this stuff, Ronnie, so I, I, I hear you on that kind of stuff. Uh, we do have to listen to you more on this kind of stuff. I think uh, no, the athletic department does as well. I'm going to come see for a basketball game this season if I can come and show. Oh, nice. Hey, we're, hey we're, we're opening up our doors for you when you're here, Ronnie. Thank I'm you. serious. You're going to be in our studio hanging with us. You're going to be a co-host, and you're going to join us at the district. So we're just hey, going to force this I'm all, all in. on you. Oh, go Lions, baby. Go Lions. That's right. Let's go. That's right. He's definitely Good coming stuff, in now. Ronnie. Yeah. Good stuff, Ronnie. Hey, I appreciate hey, great the stuff, phone call, man. man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Hey, uh, 915-505-6009. Gary Patterson, what do you guys think? Uh, a, a very compelling case right there for the former T- uh, TCU Horn Frogs head coach. Now he's a special uh, special analyst on the Texas Longhorns coaching staff. What do you guys think, Gary Patterson, in or out? Uh, Zay, Sal, what do you think? Uh, I-, I think it's a it's a nice name for sure. Definitely somebody who uh, whose name ring rings bells in college football. Uh, he, he's t- he talked about the state of Texas, but I think in college football in general, um, you know, he, he's a notable name. It, it's great. You know what I mean? I don't want to say it's um. I don't want to say a dream come true, something like that. Obviously, anything is better than what's going on now, but um, the idea is a great idea, but the reality of it happening is kind of where I kind of, 
you know, start to start to wonder if it could actually happen. But hey, if sure. if, if the opportunity's there, man, you you go all in for it, definitely. Okay, Zay, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think I joked about this with you, Adrian, about how insane, yes. you know, Jerry Kill and Gary Patterson would be in the Battle of I-10. So I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in on this. You know, obviously, Sal, like Sal said, you know, it just comes to the point that if it could actually happen, which I do think it can if, if you know, UTEP is willing to make that happen. So, make that effort, yeah, too. That yeah. Effort. You know, that yeah. that's another thing. Will, will they go after uh, Coach Patterson? But, I mean, what's stopping them from, from doing that? Interesting question. Interesting question indeed. Let's go to Richard, who's next on Minor Talk, 915-505-6009, as we continue 600 ESPN El Paso everywhere, online and on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, 600 ESPN El Paso. Richard, good afternoon. What's happening? Go Gators. Oh, Gator Richard on a rare <laughs> college football Saturday. Wow, yeah, I guess like our that? screener, yeah, I guess our screeners didn't uh, didn't do any vetting there, and we found out that it's a uh, Gator Richard, our good friend. That's even better. This is a great surprise. Five thirty kickoff, Florida, number nine Missouri, and the Gators have to hang on to bowl contention. How's it going, well, Gator Richard? They, they they have two games. They have Missouri, who's ranked what number fourteen, fifteen. Yes, and then, and then have, they got Florida then State, right? Undefeated Florida State, ranked oh. number four. So I'm telling you, if they, UTEP could probably hire on this Billy Napier guy that's coaching uh, Florida <laughs> if he if he doesn't get to a ball game this year, okay? Because it, it, if he doesn't win one more game in his whole career, better be against FSU. Okay, and knock off their perfect season. That'd be beautiful. Okay, he'd go down and Gator Lord. But for all the UTEP fans that have given up on on their football season, they can break out the black Sharpie pen, draw a circle around it with a diagonal line, because it's the correct orange and blue, you know, Gator colors, same colors UTEP uses. And right, uh-huh. go Gators all over their all over their UTEP gear. Hey, you that's know? not a bad idea, man. You know what? And, and uh, if, 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 if they're looking for a coach, hire on the guy that does the Cheez It commercials. You know, oh, at least okay. at least he can at least he can get them motivated. You know, I woke up feeling the cheesiest coach. That guy. You know, oh. and, and UTEP UTEP has a history of doing unconventional things. I mean, what? What was uh, Don Haskins doing before he started coaching at UTEP? He was a girls' basketball coach, right? Well, he coached all sorts fight? of high school. Yeah, he, well, he coached yeah, all sorts that, of high school. at the high school level. He didn't have any experience. Hire on a high school minority coach okay, here okay. in Texas and, and you know, put, go all in on some young guy that that's, you know, going to – Bring some life into the UTEP football program. It's ridiculous. Out of 100, 133 teams in the country, it's a Division One. One, I mean, NCAA might might just downgrade them because, like in a boxing match, they can't defend themselves. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Gator Richard. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. See, Gator Richard's phone calls always go the same. It's usually one interesting point, and then it just goes sideways from there. It just uh, spirals out of control. And maybe that's how the Florida-Missouri game will go later on here tonight. So uh, Gator Richard says the Cheez-It commercial coach. Or hey. he says uh, Billy Napier for UTEP's next. You know what? The, the cheesy coach is is not a bad idea because now there's the uh, there's that ni that uh, nli nil whatever you want to say it. That's the endorsement money. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Manny David is uh, chiming in on X, formerly known as Twitter. Not much to say that hasn't been said all season long. Disappointed is an understatement. Good luck to the seniors next weekend. Hopefully that'll be Dimmel's last game as a head coach here at UTEP. Uh, David Castro says, UTEP, look at what NMSU is doing to Auburn. Uh, amazing what coaching does at Matt Castro. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag coaching matters. Uh, this coming in from Joe Chacon. 
This is what playing Liberty next week looks like. If you know, you know. On a side note, I can't speak for all, but I can speak for most. Thank you all for this show and wish you nothing but the best this week of thanks. Hashtag happy Thanksgiving. Hashtag minor talk is therapy. Hashtag to uh, shout out to them boys tomorrow. All right, good stuff there, Joe Chacon. He says, the year's almost over. We're in the home stretch, and the home stretch is, uh, yeah, almost there. There you go, Joe Chacon. Alfonso Frias checks in. It's tough, but not impossible to win here. UTEP needs to be willing to spend money and bring in an offensive-minded coach. Ten-plus years of fossil football from Kugler to Dimmel has killed the fan base. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, Sal, I'll ask you for your final thoughts here on this point because I think it's a great one from Alfonso Frias. And Rob brought it up earlier. It's a hard job, but it's not impossible. Alfonso says the same thing. It's not impossible to win here at UTEP. Sal, give me your final thoughts here before you send it home and uh, you close it out for the weekend. And, by the way, great job today as always. Really appreciate it as always. Give me your final thoughts today uh, here on that thought. You know what? It's it's not easy, that's for sure. But if it were easy, then it would be for everybody. Uh, And, you know, I can't really buy – into that UTEP is a hard job and that's why they don't they don't win you know coaches don't just walk into a building and and you know say okay you line up here and you know you line up over there let's let's go win by 15 doesn't work like that and we've seen UTEP lose games due to a lack of coaching lack of execution is there but just not putting guys in position to succeed as well has played a big role lack of um, discipline as well that starts at the you know at the top with the coaching so I, I don't I don't buy it completely it's not easy everybody knows that but I mean, we're seeing New Mexico State do it. We see other schools do it in Conference USA, um, you know, year in and year out. Schools that have moved on to the American Conference. I mean, you see it time and time again. So UTEP not being an easy job is no excuse for this team to be like 150-something to uh, 300-something over the last 40, 50 years. It's no excuse because something is hard. That's why you don't succeed. I don't buy that type of victim mentality. There has to be something better. Great point, Sal. Uh, I was thinking that the same, really, that it's a hard job, but as we're seeing in NMSU, they're they're pulling it off. So I don't think it's an impossible job here to, to have success here at UTEP. But I do think you need to get a guy who wants to be here. I think that should be, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be said. It's, a, it's an obvious thing, but... When the going gets tough, you can't have someone that's teetering on, I'm just here for the money because it's just not going to work for you. You know, you need someone who's completely bought in. And I've seen a lot of people on X or Twitter uh, asking for high school guys to get shots. And I think that would be a horrible thing for UTEP. That would make recruiting impossible. So I see that and I'm just like, uh, let's keep it realistic here. So I just want someone who's going to come in here and... Hopefully get a short deal. I don't approve of giving a guy a million dollars, like especially right off the bat. Maybe give him a two-year deal, tell him to prove himself, and then we'll see what happens. But I know UTEP has the money to spend. It just can't spend it uh, everywhere. It can't, it can't do it haphazardly. So I just want to see him uh, get the best guy available. Uh, what do you think, Zay? Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree, right? You got to give the money to the right guy. And I also agree with that earlier point that you said, talking about, you know, how you have to get a guy who wants to be here. You know, you see, you know, a guy like Joe Golding last year, tough year. You know, he is rebounded good. And it's early in the season, right? It's early in the season. But it looks like it's going to be, a, you know, a, a successful year for UTEP basketball. So get a guy who wants to be here. Get a guy that will re-energize this fan base. Like I said, you know, they're going out. We saw earlier in the season, I mean, UTEP was getting 25 thousand for games they were going into one and three this fan and those base, are good yeah, yeah exactly you know this fan base will support a winner and they deserve a winner they deserve a winner because you know no one wants to see you know this team lose you know year after year not get any bowl games not not do anything you know that's it's super crazy you know we're seeing nmsu beating auburn on the road um so you know like i like i said or like alberto said you know get a guy who wants to be here yeah, I, I totally agree on that, Zay. I would just say this. You know, when it comes to evaluating all this kind of stuff, when you try to piece in who the actual coach is, 
read the full resume. I mean, I mean you don't want to just get a coach who has the experience just because it's experience. The Patterson uh, option was interesting. I don't like the Bill Napier idea, although he has won at the group of five level before with Louisiana. But give me somebody with Texas ties. Give me somebody who can recruit Texas. That would be kind of my thoughts early on if I'm just looking at a, a coach. So, yeah, I think resume tells you a lot. It's really important to uh, look at the full resume and, and see what you're getting with these coaches. So that's definitely important to keep top of mind. Hey, this coming in from T-Sibs2167. Dana Dimble needs to be fired by tomorrow morning. Next week is a guaranteed loss in an empty stadium. The Dimble experiment is a failure. He is nothing but an excuse uh, maker, and he has poor play calling. NMSU is absolutely killing it. There is no excuse for UTEP. Center needs to, uh, wow, yeah, I'll just keep that out. But, hey, there you go, from T-Sibs coming in on social media. Hey, if you want to join in on the show, now now is the time to do it, 915-505-6009. Thank you so much to Sal Montes for all the help that he gave us here on UTEP Football Broadcast tonight. And, of course, we're uh, transitioning it to a busy, busy uh, basketball weekend, which tips off on Monday, actually, basketball week. The tips off Monday. There's a game on Wednesday. They play either the winner or loser of Tulane Bradley. And then the men's basketball team will close out next week out on the road at Loyola Marymount. Hey, what we're going to do right now, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to give some final thoughts. Then we'll give out some awards here on Minor Talk as we wind things up, along with Zay Galindo and Alberto Reta. Thanks again to Sal Montes, who's heading out of the station as you're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Australia Agency here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, out here on the west side of El Paso, out at the District West, 3233 North Mesa. Come on out and join us. Dollar Wings happening right now. And happy hour specials for another hour out here at the District. If you want to watch some college football, you want to watch some UFC fight night tonight, come on out and join us here at the District West. Uh, they've got, again, the 99-cent wings. They've got great drink specials, including 275 on domestics, 375 wells, and great drink specials happening all the way up until 6 o'clock for happy hour. We are continuing out here at the District West talking UTEP football. Middle Tennessee defeats UTEP 34-30 tonight. If you'd like to talk about it with us, give us a call, 915-505-6009. We'll be out here uh, for a little bit uh, while longer. And then, of course, we have some free uh, sunglasses that we're just handing out thanks to the Australia at the agency and some free tickets thanks to the El Paso Rhinos. Uh, that is all out here at the District West, 3233 North Mesa. Come out and check it out as we continue. Uh, we will get out to our awards here on Minor Talk as we continue. Our, uh, of course, our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso and our steamroller of the game thanks to Stanley Steamer in this one. Uh, let's keep it moving on social media. Esteban says this, UTEP should have kept baseball and dumb football. That's, uh, you know, chiming in another baseball uh, mention today. This from Joe Chacon. Do you know what move? Uh, I, I don't even want to read this. I'm sorry, Joe Chacon. I'm not reading this. Sorry about that. Uh, let's keep it moving. 915-505-6009. Uh, Gavin Hardison made it official this week. Zay, he is out for the year. He had UCL, in, uh, I guess, like reconstructive surgery. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like what pitchers get. He had it performed by a doctor who works with the Texas Rangers. And Gavin Hardison was seen this week in a sleeve and in an arm brace. Is out for the rest of the year. His goal is to, uh, of course, throw by Pro Day, which is coming up in February. And for Gavin Hardison, I think uh, we how, – how will you remember Gavin Hardison, Zay? You're a big uh, Gavin Hardison guy to begin with. How do you remember him on this team as a whole? Um, you know, I'm going to, I guess, a uh, subpar gunslinger? Can, can you say that? A, a subpar No, gunslinger? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think you actually have to say uh, a, a four-year starter. I think that's how you have to describe yeah. him. I don't think you can call his play subpar knowing that he started for four years. I mean, yeah, I, I know that some people are just going to shrug it off and say, hey, look, after year one, I was out on him. But they, they were bet on him. They banked on him, and they built their team around Gavin Hardison and the success or failure of their quarterback. And 
hey, in the past two seasons it was failures. So I think you have to describe him as a four-year starter when you start talking about him historically in this UTEP football uh, you know, program, knowing that continuity at the quarterback position never happens year after year. I mean, it's hard to find a quarterback to be consistently your starter at UTEP. Yeah, and, um, you know, you talk about, you know, building your team around. They banked on him. You're right. You know, they, they put it all into Gavin Hardison, and it didn't work out. We saw that. It did not work out. And um, at times, you know, it didn't even feel like they were – obviously they were all in on Gavin. They were not – they were going to ride with him. But that play calling did not reflect that. They did not put him in positions to, you know, to look good. They put him in bad positions, and we saw that. This offense is not built for a quarterback like Gavin Hardison. It simply isn't. You know, it's built for a guy like Calvin Brownholtz, who's, who's the kind of that bigger, that more physical, you know, quarterback. And it's just a shame that, that you know, we only got two games with Calvin Brownholtz in this offense, you know. I think Gavin Hardison and the UTEP, you know, coaching staff, it was just, you know, kind of like – it was not doomed from the start, but it really was never going to work out for UTEP. He had 40 touchdowns to 33 interceptions in his career at UTEP. He almost hit the 8,000 mark for passing yards at UTEP throughout his time. He started, uh, you know, as many games as I'm looking at right now, 25 games at UTEP that he started ever since uh, actually 20, uh, actually it's 26 games when you count his one game that he started in 2019. So uh, for Gavin Hardison, uh, he will finish UTEP as a pro prospect. That's just a fact. He will be a pro prospect when it's all said and done. Will he play in the NFL? I mean, that's to be seen. I think that if he doesn't get a shot in the NFL, he gets a chance to go to the XFL possibly, maybe USFL. Uh, but regardless, for Gavin Hardison, ends his career as a UTEP minor and didn't get a chance to do it in front of like an honored uh crowd or anything like that he had to be essentially taken out of that La Tech game uh, and then didn't finish that one out and as a result Gavin Hardison finishing out or his unit was it UNLV or or, uh, or or yeah UNLV excuse me not La Tech La Tech was Kevin Hurley and Jake McNamara and of course UNLV was the one where Gavin Hardison went out of so yeah it's sad I mean for somebody who had a lot of upside with this group somebody who this organization banked on and just never panned out with Gavin Hardison having success at UTEP other than the bowl appearance in the uh, in the New Mexico Bowl. Hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Zay, let's do something briefly on early recruiting. December 20th is the early recruiting day for UTEP. Uh, how many recruits does UTEP have that they're targeting right now? Almost a month away from early signing day, knowing that that is right around the corner, and that is important for this uh, program moving forward, knowing that, hey, they get a lot, they bank on having these mid-year transfer guys helping them out. Yeah, you know, right now they only have one commitment in Gael Ochoa, who's obviously, you know, Pebble Hill's standout. But um, even in, you know, you're looking online, this is just all online, right? We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, who they're texting this, that, and the third. But you're not seeing Utah throwing out those offers to those Juco guys, right? You're not seeing, you know, I'm going to be visiting El Paso this weekend for their game against Liberty or something like that, which is something you're used to seeing at this point in the season. So, you know, interesting recruiting philosophy, We'll see how it works out, but there's or, like not much going on. Or could the writing be on the wall, and could the coaching staff be stopping the efforts, knowing mm. that, hey, what what's to come after the season? But it's interesting. Only one guy that they're going after. Uh, that is that is a real interesting in itself. Man, that's a bummer right there. Uh, by the way, another flight issue for this UTEP football team. They got in late last night. Uh, didn't hit the hotel till 11.30. I heard it was a big delay. I, I think it was here locally that they were just stuck here in El Paso forever. So you don't like that. Of course, if you're UTEP, uh, you want to get to a location and not have that kind of travel concerns. Uh, but that's been the thing all year long for this UTEP football team for whatever reason. They've struggled to have uh, consistent uh, flights that take them on time and to their destination with uh, with ease. So, yeah, I feel for that team. I hate travel problems myself, so uh, I can't imagine being a UTEP football player in that case. Uh, Zay, UTEP went 0-3 today. Uh, they lost in volleyball and they lost in women's basketball. Give me your thoughts on volleyball and women's basketball. Yeah, you know, if you know you watch these games, you saw, you know, there weren't there weren't bad losses. I'll say that. You know, first off, Cal Baptist, that's a really good basketball team. They beat NMSU and uh, the women's basketball equivalent to 
the CBI last year or something. So you know they they, right. they, they had it. They hung a banner and everything. And uh, they're a really good team. They're going to be you know top of the whack. Uh, UTEP was playing on the road, you know, for the first time under Keith Adams, and uh, it was just a really good performance. I honestly thought, you know, UTEP really wasn't gonna, you know, be in this one, and they were. They were in it to the very end, you know, an overtime loss. They had, you know, a chance to tie it at the end of the game. So I'm not mad about that loss at all. And same goes for UTEP volleyball, who falls to Western Kentucky again in the conference champion uh, conference tournament, which is tough. Obviously, you never want to see that happen. You know, losing to a team like that so many times, but. That's a powerhouse. That's a powerhouse program in Western Kentucky volleyball. And uh, they took them to five sets. Only six teams have done that this whole year. So, I mean, wow. only six teams have won more than one set against uh, the Hilltoppers. So, um, just a great a, a great performance from UTEP Volleyball, you know, despite the loss. We'll see, you know, if they go to the NIBC, if they accept their invitation. More than likely, they're going to get one. So, we'll see if UTEP continues to play volleyball. If Ben Wallace elects to do that, which I'd imagine he will. So, you know, obviously a tough day, 0-3, but uh, two of those losses, you know, they they weren't they weren't as bad as you think they were. Okay, got it. So so you put it on the pecking order as far as quality losses. UTEP volleyball one, UTEP women's basketball two, and then football three. Is that your pecking order right now from today? Yeah, you know, I think UTEP football would be like there's like an empty space at three, and then they're at four. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Zay. I appreciate that. Um, let's uh, talk more about injuries on this team. Uh, tonight, or today, I should say, UTEP had a chance to see two brothers play alongside each other, Azizi Henry and Zuri Henry. They were both starting on the offensive line. When's the last time we've seen that? Or even two brothers share the field at the same time, other than Aaron and Alvin Jones, but they probably didn't do it recently, knowing that they played on opposite sides of the football. Maybe that was only on special teams, but Zuri Henry, Azizi Henry, anchoring that offensive line for the Miners. That's kind of interesting to note there, Zay. Yeah, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, there might have been a, a pair of brothers on the defensive line a couple of years ago. It might, if um, I need to remember, but yeah, so um, I'm not okay. sure. I'm not sure, but yeah, definitely. You might be right on that. And also, there's the Tupo brothers. I mean, there's been a lot of brothers recently, period, who've played for UTEP football. So it's pretty cool to see that. Of course, the Flores brothers, Ray Flores, Lucas Flores. Uh, that's definitely a brotherly connection right there. Uh, and so, yeah, there's some good ones uh, that we could throw out as far as, um, uh, you know, different examples. On fourth downs, the Miners are 12 of 25 this season. That's less than fi uh, 50%, which is not good at all for them. By the way, for going quickly back to Zuri Henry, he played today with an, a broken ankle. How about that? That's insane right there, uh, especially having to play at that offensive line um, and to do it on a broken ankle. That's pretty impressive right there. Uh, let's keep it moving. More storylines for UTEP. want to also talk about Cade McConnell, his fifth start. I think it was his best one. 364 through the air, two touchdowns, an interception today. Uh, so that's a bit of a struggle. And so, uh, you know, as far as that interception. But other than that, his, his only blemish on the night here in this game didn't fumble the ball either, which is good for Cade McConnell. Kept it pretty clean and had those two touchdowns. Zay, would you say this is a bit his best performance, or would you go to FIU instead? Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely got to be this one. I think he had a great game against FIU, but, you know, he did struggle a little bit in the second half. He just right. played a, a pretty good game all around, right? Uh, of course, that interception, that's tough. That's inexcusable, you know. But other than that, I think he had a really good game, and, he stepped up when he needed to step up for the most part, so uh, just really glad for Cade. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I thought he had a good one. I thought he had a good performance today, and, and for him – 24 for 41, uh, completed almost 60% of his passes with those pair of touchdown passes as well. I uh, want to also mention um, other injuries today. Uh, my uh, Torrance Burgess Jr., despite getting that punt return for a touchdown, by the way, what a play that was. I love that for him. Uh, he was out of the game after I think it was like a fake punt tackle that he had. Uh, and then on the flip side with um, – Deion Hankins, he also left the game with an apparent injury. He had a touchdown in this game, 13 carries for 48 rushing yards and a touchdown, uh, but he left the game with an injury as well. So the Miners continue to see guys uh, leave games, guys be injured, and guys, uh, you know, miss out on competition. Another name to to uh, note from this one, Zach Fryer. He left the game with an injury. He was ruled out early, and the Miners will have to uh, probably deal with uh, some of these guys who left the game today next week uh, our telephone number 915-505-6009 as we continue 600 ESPN 
El Paso everywhere. Uh, Zay, let's go over to our awards. Let's close things out. Let's start winding it up. They play Liberty next week. That is a 1 o'clock kickoff. We'll be live at the District West, 32-33 North Mesa, for the pregame ahead of Senior Day. That will be from 11 to about 1. Or, excuse me, I'm sorry. That's from about 11 to noon. And we'll be out here next Saturday for that one to wrap things up here at the District for the football season. And then, of course, uh, we'll get out to a lot of the basketball games here for the rest of the season as well. Uh, let's let's go back, actually, to the phone lines right now. 915-505-6009. Andy is next up with us. Andy, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us late here on Minor Talk. UTEP uh, falls in an, another game on the road. How do you see this one? Well... <laughs> I need to vent a little bit. need to vent a little bit, Adrian. Okay, let's do it, Andy. Uh, it's good to hear from okay. you. Okay. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, my daughter goes up the interstate to, a pro, to you know, NMSU. My brother-in-law, my sister, they're, they're all, oh, it's, it's, I'm thrilled for them because that, that's a game-changing kind of victory that, and I, I know this is minor talk, but I'm, and I'm not going to mention them by name, but. They're, they they just had a game changing type program. We a season changing program, right? Or type of win for the program? Right? I, I mean, yeah, a program changing kind of thing. I mean that that that's not supposed to happen, and it happened. And here we are. We covered the spread. They covered the spread. However, <laughs> being being almost four touchdown underdogs and doing something like that, and we can't. I mean, I don't know. I, this. I, I try to keep the faith. I try to keep, uh, you know, a, a good look on, on things. But I'm disgusted, disappointed. It's it's heartbreaking as a minor fan to see someone. You know, I don't compare us to Austin or Baton Rouge or even Boise, but I sure as heck can compare us to what we have going on up the interstate, and they. You know they're doing something right, and we're not. It's a good, it's a really good point, and it's just the reality. It's the harsh reality that UTEP fans have to live with. You can't say enough good things about what NMSU has done recently, and going to back-to-back bowl games is one thing. But joining Conference USA and in year one entering the Conference USA title game. Uh, and having a successful season and beating an SEC team where you just collected a one point eight million dollar check from. Come on! I mean, that. I mean, how could you not be envious for that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, and today's game. I mean, there's there's so many. It, it's it's. I'm tired of making excuses of why this didn't happen or you know that play. Okay, he got caught from behind a little bit there, or he didn't step into the right play. You know, it's it's. I, I, I'm watching today's game and I'm thinking, you know, just don't just don't screw it up too bad. You know. You get that rainbow pass from from Middle Tennessee scores uh, that that long one. You know, Akari scores that eighty yard one. So it's like we we played them good, but but gosh darn, we need to do we we need a spark. And we're playing Liberty next week, and they're top twenty five, and they just you know they're they're another small market team or smaller team, and yeah, they might have lots of money for that program or whatever the case may be but you know we we got to figure it out I hear you, Andy. I think a lot of minor fans echo what you're saying as well. They just want this program to figure it out and, and forget about the uh, excuses right there. So I'm totally with you. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, Andy. Thanks for weighing All in, right. as always, man, here on the Thank program you. with us and hanging with us. Thank hey, you. our telephone number as we continue, 915-505-6009 to continue. 600 ESPN El Paso everywhere. Middle Tennessee defeats UTEP 34-30 as we start winding things up here on the show. If you'd like to duck in the lake, Call. Definitely give us a call now, 915-505-6009, as we continue. Hey, uh, let's go out to our awards here on the program to wrap things up. First off, our hot hand of the game. This is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Hey, visit the Find a Dealer tab online, Wind Supply El Paso. Whether you need furnace help, you need an AC, uh, Wind Supply El Paso can help you with whatever you need. Uh, evaporative cooling, um, your refrigerated services, as well as Wind Supply elpaso.com and for our hot hand of the game it'll be Kelly Akari six catches 138 receiving yards two touchdowns
touchdowns and had that 80-yard touchdown grab today as well. Kelly Akari, our hot hand of the game, presented by Wind Supply, El Paso. As far as the steamroller of the game, let's switch it over to the defensive side and let's give big, uh, big credit to Tyrese Knight. Next week will be the last time we get to watch Tyrese Knight in a UTEP football uniform. He totaled nine tackles tonight, three and a half tackles for loss. He had a forced fumble, a pass breakup as well, and a sack all in one game. An ultra-productive effort from Tyrese Knight who wants to, who refuses right now to lose games, and he's just been really impressive in what, he was been, what he's been able to do. Tyrese Knight earning the uh, Stanley Steamroller of the game, and big shout-out to Stanley Steamer. In fact, if you need carpet cleaning or any type of cleaning in your home, whether it's cleaning your laminate, your air ducts, or anything at home, Stanley Steamer can help you out. Visit them online. They've got a 24-hour instant uh, quote tool on their website. That's stanleysteamer.com, and uh, check them out. They are locally owned and operated here as we continue. 915-505-6009. Zay, as we turn the page and we look over to next week, what are your final thoughts here as the Miners prepare for Senior Day? They got it next week against Liberty. Your final thoughts here as we start closing it up here on Miner Talk. Yeah, you know, it's a tough loss, and um, there's no way around it. It was a disappointing, tough loss, and, you know, on to next week, I guess. You know, on to next season is what I really want to say. I just want it to be over. You know, I just want it to be over. Oh, man. Zay, I just saw the video for Jordan Travis. Uh, don't watch it. Nobody oh, watch it. No, it's uh, no, it's no, gruesome. No. It's ugly. And it could cost Florida State their perfect, unbeaten season. They're taking on North Alabama. It shouldn't be a problem tonight, but it definitely will be in the, a problem in the future. Oh, man, Jordan Travis, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Maybe we won't get a chance to see him again, knowing what just happened right now. Oh, just a gruesome injury. Just saw that right now come across the screen. Uh, Zay, I appreciate you and all that you do with us here on the show. As always, we'll be back in action next week. The SoCal Challenge continues for men ba men's basketball, and then we'll close out the weekend with a doubleheader edition, Saturday edition, of UTEP football taking on Liberty and UTEP men's basketball taking on Loyola Marymount. For Alberto Reta here live out at the District West, 3233 North Mesa. For Zay Galindo, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Brada signing off and saying so long for and thanks for listening to Minor Talk presented by the Austria Arieta Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.